Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here with a question. When you think of alchemy, do you imagine wizards brewing up concoctions of bat wings and blood? Historians would have you reconsider. Most researchers see alchemy not as fodder for Harry Potter stories and Wiccan ceremonies, but as the forerunner of modern science and particularly chemistry. Some of these people might have been among the best scientific minds of their eras, blazing trails that led to scientific insights all over the world. Alchemy was, at its core, a way for inquisitive minds to explore the way the world worked, attempting to decipher nature's functions and leverage them for various purposes. To achieve those ends, alchemists theorized, it was necessary to purify the body, spirit, and mind. People who practiced alchemy were searching for ways to A, produce elixirs which would hopefully cure all kinds of diseases, and B, turn base metals like lead into precious ones like gold via some yet-to-be-found substance called the Philosopher's Stone. We spoke via email with Peter Maxwell Stewart, who teaches history at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. He explained, the Chinese were particularly interested in the first search, the Western Europeans in the second. From the first centuries CE, China and India were practicing a form of alchemy. Europeans widely practiced alchemy during the Middle Ages, which was roughly 1000 CE through 1500 CE, though the practice continued afterwards, waning through the 1800s but extending all the way into the 20th century. Thanks in part to beliefs that ultimately went back to Aristotle and the Greek philosophers, alchemists thought that nature was always striving to perfect itself. And since gold was considered the perfect metal, in part because it doesn't rust or tarnish, it was regarded as the end-all, be-all of metals. There was an idea that because it was so perfect, all other metals would eventually turn into gold given enough time due to some unknown natural process. So the alchemist was seeking to speed up this natural process in the laboratory. Maxwell Stewart said, "'Given the basic assumptions of their belief systems, the alchemist's endeavors were entirely rational.' Theoretically, too, alchemical experimentation might give an insight into God's intentions in creating the universe the way he did. With their boiling cauldrons and intricate crucibles, alchemists, who were predominantly but not exclusively men, exhibited a willingness to experiment, a trial-and-error mentality that explored multiple disciplines in hope of illuminating nature's intricacies through honest scholarship and research. Alchemists tinkered with chemical processes, like dyes and perfumes, and, of course, also found ways to change the properties of various alloys. One didn't attend any kind of university to learn these skills. Instead, the knowledge of master alchemists was transferred to apprentices under a shroud of secrecy. Because that knowledge was so powerful, alchemists wrote in obscure symbols, codes, and metaphors to protect their ideas and insights. Despite all the mystery, not all the experiments were bogus— one Lawrence Principe, a chemist and science historian at Johns Hopkins University, decided to recreate a medieval alchemy experiment, one that he hoped would conjure a philosopher's tree, a structure that was thought to be a precursor to the philosopher's stone. He blended gold and mercury into a flask, which he then placed under warm sand in his lab. Days later, he was astonished to see that the recipe had in fact worked, generating a golden tree-like structure that would have undoubtedly drawn even more awe centuries ago. These kinds of wonders may not have been possible if not for the work of countless alchemists of yore, who often used techniques like sublimation and distillation that would be familiar to any modern chemist. Swiss physician Paracelsus was one famous alchemist from the 16th century. 
Part prophet, part metallurgist, part doctor, he became known as the world's first toxicologist because he realized the correlation between dosage and toxicity, that poisons in small doses might be helpful to humans, while larger doses could be fatal. In his work, Paracelsus gave rise to the concept of making clinical medical diagnoses and then treating conditions with specific medicines. During the 17th century, British inventor, philosopher, and scientist Robert Boyle wished to find the secret of the philosopher's stone, which in the alchemic tradition was the most powerful force in nature. That power, he thought, was a key to the secrets of the universe. Although Boyle is best known today for pioneering the scientific method and for the law named after him, he was enamored with alchemy all of his life. Uh, Boyle's law, by the way, says that the volume of a gas varies inversely with pressure. At the same time Boyle was hard at work, Isaac Newton, that guy who gave shape to the laws of gravity and optics, was actively involved in alchemy. For decades, he pursued alchemic secrets that he felt were perhaps even more fundamental than gravity. He hoped that in teasing out the chemical and mineral makeup of the world, scientists could perhaps find the one true essence of nature, thereby wielding immense power. With its roots divided between philosophical, religious, mystical, and scientific pursuits, alchemy eventually ran into the buzzsaw of rational thinking that developed during the Age of Enlightenment. Its secretive tendencies drew suspicions from the government and the church, and its associations with the occult didn't help either. As such, alchemy faded into obscurity, leaving behind a reputation colored by charlatanism and quackery. It's no wonder that ancient peoples first gaped at the perceived power of alchemists, and later, as more refined scientific methods took hold, began to mock them. But with their legitimate chemical experimentations and applications, alchemists had already made their mark, paving the way for modern chemistry. Maxwell Stewart said, experimentation almost inevitably resulted in the discovery of various substances hitherto either unknown or not understood. Phosphorus is an obvious example. And so that aspect of alchemy leads into modern chemistry. One particularly famous aspect of that chemistry is distillation, including distilling alcohol from sugary brews into wine or beer and then into liquors. was written by Nathan Chandler and produced by Tyler Klang. Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other distilled topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.